Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham and the Spurs go marching on another win, another undefeated game for Conte and my word, this top four is up for grabs now with three games in hand, six points behind uh, Arsenal. Uh, yeah, a routine victory yesterday, I mean, helped very much so by Zaha being incredibly stupid, but we'll get on to that. Uh, two great guests, uh, Ian, uh, start with you, welcome to the show, uh, your debut Thanks, on here, Chris. thanks so much for coming on, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What a good win yesterday it was indeed, yeah. sir. Absolutely. Oh. Fabulous win. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, quickly as well, big love to Bob Spur. Uh, prayers for Bob Spur, who's still in a, a fairly bad way. Uh, and Brian, welcome back to the show. Uh, Thank how you, you doing? And, and firstly as well, congratulations, Tottenham Tour, 1,000 subscribers. Very well earned for you, yourself and uh, Brian Ireland. Um, but yeah, firstly, how are you doing? And uh, even though it's in the description, where can people find your uh, uh, stream? Yeah, so obviously, thank you for it's, uh, welcome back to be back. I've been back now over a week. I haven't been on your show. I've almost got withdrawn. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very happy to uh, very happy to be back on your channel, Chris. So yeah, first of all, thank you for the one thousand. We've been working very, very hard to get there, um, and we've made it. And the reason we are doing it to get to that thousand is we're doing a mental health special, like we did on Tottenham away. And we are we're doing it quite big this time. There's big plans, but but we've decided now that we got to the thousand, which was the aim. Any super chat that we get in, all those donations are going to go to mental health charities in Canada and back here in England. So that's a, a wonderful thing that we're trying to do. Yeah, um, and they can find me on Tottenham Tour. But just you mentioned Bob Spurs, so I just give the uh, the update. Um, so the update is basically, uh, as people have known, the last couple of days he's awake. He he's fighting. Um, he is uh, fighting away. Uh, there's no real news to update on that. Just that thankfully he's been awake. I think they woke him up Christmas Eve, and he's been awake since then. He's very. He was very groggy to begin with and agitated, but that seems to be easing off. And just hopefully this is the road to uh, to the recovery. But obviously it's one small step, as a famous astronaut said. Um, but 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 we're 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 taking each day as it comes, and hopefully each day will be better than the last. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it can only be a good thing that he was obviously in an induced coma, and now he's awake, so that can only be yeah. a good thing. Hopefully, like you say, that's the the continuation of the good news, and it doesn't go back. But he's a fighter, I'm sure he'll be absolutely fine. That is. Um, yeah, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, please hit the likes, pl hit, please hit the subscribe. When you've done that, go into the description, Tottenham Tour, do the same there. Uh, Wayne's on the chat. How you doing, Wayne? Always a, a pleasure seeing you in the chat. Um, for any streamers as well, if any of you get a, a, a comment saying VaskTech, uh, block it. Uh, it's been yeah. Aaron on the uh, Spurs chat that we're on. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, it's a, a spyware thing, so if you click it, you'll get spyware on your thing. So just don't show it, don't click it, just block it. Uh, and yeah, spread that to every streamer, not just Tottenham, uh, all football teams, uh, yep. streamers as well, just because we do this for the, for the fan, ourselves, for the fans and, and, and everything. We don't do it for idiots to be able to bugger up our computers. Um, exactly. But yeah, slightly negative there. Let's get into positive. Lucas Moura, uh, Ian. Uh, involved in all three goals uh, for me because he did that up there scoring against Ajax. I'll always have a, a place for Lucas Moura, but it, it's good to see him. Two assists, one goal, and that, and that goal, he was the only one who wanted that ball. And I mean, 
is it Conte who's completely transformed him or simplified his game? Or is it him going, oh, I've got Conte here. I want to play for Conte. Uh, or is it a matter of time because he's got all of that and, and it was just a matter of time until he gets into it? It's only one game, obviously, but, it, you know, it's, it can only be a positive yesterday and what he did. Where, where do you start, Chris? I mean, so many fans <laughs> write off our players far too easily. You know, you go that, it's... Oh, people can't see... It's his heart. I mean, his heart for the club is, is massive. Um, Mora is one of eight, nine, ten, twelve players that have got better since since Conti came to the club. Um, I think that's one of the one of the, the the really big things that's happening is is players and players that fans have written off or said they'll never make want out the door. Um, look so comfortable. I mean, Dyer just looks um, absolutely top class at the back. And I mean, I don't know if you watched any of the Villa um, and Chelsea game. I mean, you look at Tyrone Mings absolutely bottling <laughs> that challenge for, with Lukaku uh, for what the second goal. And you look at the way Dyer's playing. I mean, Dyer not in the England squad, but Mings and Kai and uh, and uh, um, Cody are. It starts to look a joke. You would have said that six weeks ago. Um, Skip Skip was always going to be a good player this season. I saw a lot of him with with with, with uh, Norwich last season. But the system I think suits um, um, su su suits Mora in that that you know, getting the ball that transition from from back to front quickly with his pace. I think it suits his game absolutely down to the ground. But I think Mora was one of those ones that should people should never have been on their backs. Brian's right. What, what that night in that night in Amsterdam, and I'm a bit older than you two, that remains one of the truly great goals. You've got to be you've got to be very, very old and have probably watched the, the double team and what have you to think you've seen a better night than that. That was just absolutely unbelievable. Um, and yeah, he's a first pick now. And uh, what, the other thing is what he's, he's so good to watch. You know, fans, yeah. fa you know, he's the sort, that's the sort of football and footballer you actually, when you pay your money to watch the match, that's the kind of thing you want to see. And yeah, fabulous, absolutely fabulous performance yesterday. Yeah, he's the only one, isn't he, Brian, that even when we were terrible, he was the only one who was getting the ball, looking forward, taking people on and trying to make things happen. He just didn't have the support there to lay it off and like he did yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, all three of our forwards as well, Kane and then Son and Mora, all on the score sheet. So does that, obviously Kane and Son have that partnership, which we all know about, but does, yeah. does that say to you there's a partnership there, a three-way partnership, or, is, or are we getting a bit carried away because Palace didn't really turn up and then had 10 men and it was fairly easy? Or is that something that Conte, do you think, will be, I've got something there, I can work on that, that's going to be one of my key aspects of this team going forward? Well, well, the question is, I've, I've got quite a bit to say about Lucas Moore because I even said at the beginning of the season, he's potentially, I said he's going to be our player of the season. That's how much I rate this guy and what he's capable of. Um, you got to remember that that hat trick against Ajax, like you showed the picture and Ian's just spoken about, for some reason, after he scored that, Spurs fans thought, right, that's Lucas Moura's baseline. That's what is <laughs> the minimum expected. That, that's like once in a career, once in a generation kind of thing that will happen to a player. Not just a player at your club, a player in football in general. Um, 
His work rate is outstanding. You, no matter what, whenever you see him on the Spurs YouTube videos, or his passion, his love, his his personality is infectious. It's just been finding that right place. I thought he played very well for Mourinho playing in that position before he went in those four or five games. And you've got to remember, not only did he get two goals and assist here, he, he got a goal and an assist in West Ham. He, he played brilliant against Liverpool. This is, this is what he can do. He is definitely a, a player down the centre. And I used to call him a few seasons ago the Brazilian Darren Huckabee because he just used to run with his head down and just you didn't know where he was going. Um, but when he picks up the ball now, I, I, Joe, when I said when Nuno came, I said he's going to be like his Adama Traore. Not obviously power-wise, but the, the idea is get the ball to him and just let him run because Lucas running at full pelt is very, very hard to stop. But he had to add some finished product to it. I mean, the guy, one thing I will say, he has got one of the greatest leaps I've seen in football. <laughs> All the way for headers. Certainly like, for a short fan. Certainly for... Exactly. He can't be much more than six foot if that. What I saw at the game yesterday as well, he's taken over Kane's role of being on front post for corners. And his leap is incredible. And his mm. desire for that second goal... Mm. Was was immense. He's just he's just a joy to watch. He really, really is. And as for Sudden Kane, we knew it was. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Dyer later. That um, the Ian just spoke about Dyer was sensational, absolutely sensational. And some of the passes he is spraying across the park are <laughs> incredible. And and I've I've gone on a few streams recently saying, do you know what? People like Dyer Sanchez and Davies come in for a hell of a lot of criticism if they make a mistake. The my, minutest mistake, because they're one of the scapegoats, because they're one of the, the players that are, are obviously a lot of fans wanted out individually. Not I'm not saying everyone wanted all three. As soon as they make a mistake, they're, they're but, but when they have a great performance, they don't go, do you know what? This guy had a great performance today. And Davidson Sanchez deserves a lot of respect for that. Eric Dyer does, and Ben Davis does. Obviously, Ben Davis didn't play yesterday. It was Jaffet. Um... How, how weird is it that, that, that I, I, we saw that lineup? And everyone was like, "Oh my God, he's resting Davies!" But like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, who would have thought that a few weeks ago? It's um, other thing as well. The last game I saw was Manchester United, and we all know what happened in that game. It is night and day. I mean, night and day doesn't do justice for how good this turnaround is. It it, it is sensational. Um... Um, absolutely sensational to see, and it is the same players. That's the different uh, the thing that's, exactly. that you forget. It is exactly the same players. I thought Jaffet played really well in that left-sided uh, centre half role, by the way, because he He's... keeps being played as a as a um, a right back. Um, and he's certainly not a wing back. In fact, the couple of times when he's brought him on in, in place of Royale, it's been very much when when um, uh, Conte's gone to five at the back, yeah. to, you know, to keep what we what we hold. Um, but I thought he did well, and I thought he, he tried to get forward as well. To you know, he's watched Davis clearly, and he's listened to his instructions. Um, Ben Davis has just been fabulous. But that's the role he plays for Wales as well. I mean, exactly. he's really a, a left back. He's a left-sided uh, centre half, um, yeah. And you know, maybe at some point we're going to cut talk about the transfer window, Chris. Your show, you decide. Yeah, yeah we will. I think we it's will. It's going to be really interesting now. Well, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it now, Ian. I see you brought it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm convinced that uh, Levy will spend money in the transfer window, either January or summer, because I'm convinced that there must have been some uh, negotiation, not negotiations, but demands from Conte. If I take over, you give me some money. And the way we are now, we are banging this top four race. We'll talk about that a bit later on. Uh, but if we'd have got Conte at the start, we could realistically, we could be in a title race at this moment in time. So this would be another another 16, 17 season, the summer afterwards, a glorious opportunity to knock balls up. And I think there, there will be some signings. There'll be some outs and there'll be some signings. Maybe not a huge amount in January, but certainly the summer. Where do you stand on, on the transfer window? And, and do, do you think uh, players will come in, players will go? And do you th who do you think Conte will be? earmarking for those positions out and in who's going first uh ian ian uh, you brought the subject up so ian gets yeah, first okay, yeah, you go. I'll, 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 I'll go first <laughs> look we clearly need to strengthen up top not that there's anything wrong with what we've got um but i i, I don't think gill's ready yet i think he might need to go out on loan somewhere and really play some football um son and kane are playing week in week out um, and are going to need Kane certainly, you know, will need to be rotated at some point. So we need a centre forward. Now everybody knows that getting good centre forwards, we've tried. I know we've tried to to get people, and you know, the word is players don't want to come. They don't want to be back up to Harry Kane mm -hmm. and what have you. Um, just, just a, uh, do you think that get, do you think that changes with Conte there going? I'm not being back up to Harry Kane. I'm being back up for Conte here. I, I, I think I think it might. There's a couple of Italian or Italian-based players we've been uh, linked with. Um, Valovic is one, although the the things I'm reading about him are one. It's seventy million quid. I think to be honest with you, I think Levy would find that if that's the right player. Um, but there's there's also talk he wants two hundred thousand a week after tax, plus he really <laughs> wants to go to Juventus. Now it's the latter thing that that, that that bothers me more than anything. I think we want players that want to play for the club, that want to play for Conte, and want to come to the club for the right reasons. Um, yeah, I can never remember his name. Inz, Inz, Inz uh, exactly. Yeah, um, he might be an option. I know, Insignia, 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 yeah. He, he might be an option. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I think that's the... If we had to sign one player in one position, that would be the player I think I would want someone in. We're at that point. Kane has got injured um, this time of the year, a couple of years running. I think, was it New Year's Day last year or the year before at Southampton? He got injured. And we go to Southampton tomorrow. Yeah. And that was him out for months. That was last season, wasn't it? A couple of seasons ago. It's during lockdown. Ago, yeah, I remember Mourinho used the expression where, so when he yeah. came got injured, and we can't be in that position having started now. What? How? How our balloon would be deflated if, uh, um, if we if we lost Kane now with no with no replacement for two or three months. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting if he's going to give you know Winks and Delhi and uh, you know a chance because both were absolutely superb. Um, mm. against Liverpool. Um, I like Winks. Delhi, I, I like, but he's clearly gone off. Um, Winks, Winks is one of those people, I think, there, there comes a point in your life, if, if 
people are shouting at you. If your colleagues or the fans for your work colleagues are shouting at you and telling you how rubbish you are at your job all, all day at your place of work, you start to believe it. You got the, the impression against Liverpool when you saw Winks driving forward and putting those long diagonal balls in that people were really starting to believe him. And I think if he got some encouragement as, as cover for Skip uh, and, and for Hoiberg, uh, would would be good. Left central defence. If we're going to sign another central defender, we've been linked with a few. You know, the league seems to be the one that we're most linked with. Well, I, th- I think someone's playing FIFA or football manager and got some cheat codes on that one. I, I, I can't see that happening. But that, that would be a tremendous sign if we did get him. And, and Juventus, I think, are about sixth or seventh in the in their league. But yeah. again, I, I can't see that happening. No, and, and this is the point. And, and then just I'll, I'll finish this and then I'll let, let, obviously let Brian come in. Um, the other position we've been linked with um, a lot is uh, another right, uh, right-sided right uh, wing-back. Um, and you talk about outs. And, you know, so many players have improved, but one, I think, is never going to make it at Tottenham is, is, is Doherty. And I think he's, he's one that really needs to be, to, to be, to be let go. Poor piece of recruitment. Um, it didn't look like Nuno fancied him, so I suspect when when Nuno let him go, um, he, he was far from uh, unhappy about it. Um, uh, and I'm still worried about the goalkeeping situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Golini hasn't impressed me at all um, so far. Yes, he's young, but um, Hugo's contract expand, expires at the end of the season. I hope there's talk in the background. I hope Hugo's made a lot of the right noises about how good Conte is and what have you, and that he thinks, yeah, you know, there's uh, um, uh, there's a real chance I can win some stuff here and sign for another couple of years. But ultimately, we're going to need a proper backup, uh, proper backup goalkeeper. But I think the key, we've spent money. I mean, people criticise Levy, and we haven't always spent the right money in the right areas at the right times. But we have spent money. We've spent money on Ondombele. I wouldn't be sorry to see him go 60-odd million pounds. We spent money on Lo Celso. There are two recent biggest signings, I think, 42 million pounds. I wouldn't be sorry to see him go. I am really want us to spend some money, but I want the right players at the right price in the right position. Because um, I can understand Levy saying, every time I give you 50 million pounds, you go blow it. So work, work on this academy I've built you. So let's let's push on here. Let's push on. But the right yeah. players... Has to be the right players. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be the players that Conte wants. I think the issue is is that the players bought aren't the players that the manager wants. So I agree, we've spent money, but it's been not the right money. And if it was the right money, we'd have a lot better team now. And, and Brian, in terms of the transfer window, I'm not sure what you think on whether we will spend money or not. But for me, we need a creative midfielder. I've been saying that for, for months and months. But then Conte's <laughs> doing what he's doing without one. And it goes to what he says... Uh, Losers find excuses, winners find solutions. So he seems to have found a solution at the moment. Obviously, we'll get into the Palace game a bit later on because it obviously helps when their star yeah. player gets uh, himself sent off. Um, but yeah, the transfer window, how do you see that going in January? Listen, uh, the way it comes down to this is, like you said, he's finding the solutions, but that's not... Conte finds solutions, but the guy needs help. The guy needs help. If, if I was the chairman of any club, and I'm not just saying this, and you see what this guy is doing with players that have been dreadful, just think what he can do with the players that he knows. Look at, just look at his track record for what he's done with players. A Lukaku, uh, 
you could go on for what he's done at Chelsea, what he did with Hazard, what he did. I mean, Hazard was a great player, but he elevated him even more. Um, when it comes down to, I mean, the Hugo thing we have to discuss in, what was the date today? The 27th? So, like, in four yeah. days, he can sign a pre-contract with anyone for free in Europe. So, I I, 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 I honestly believe, in, in my own honest opinion, that I reckon the contract's already signed, still delivered. They just haven't announced it yet. Like, it's at the, either the final stages or it's just about to, to be announced. I actually thought they might announce it yesterday on his birthday and say, hey, Hugo signed a, an extension. Um, but it didn't happen. Listen, I'm not going to get too much into transfers because everyone knows my feelings on the, that person but what what i will say within uh, i agree with it is we, we, the, whatever we spend we need to spend it on quality not quantity yeah and i'm fed up and i keep saying i'm, I'm fed up of hearing this word we need a backup for kane no we don't we need competition for kane yeah. we don't need a backup right wing back we need a competition like you look at it now you've got regular and Sessignon who's coming and all right got injured yeah that's going to be a genuine competition like, like rose and davies and like walker and trippier that was yeah. competition. That wasn't backup. Um, so it's a case of let's say we go and spend seventy million and we get Dusan for seventy million. For me, you go blow all seventy on Dusan because Kane needs. We need to be able to rest Kane. We need to. Should he, God forbid, pick up an injury, we need someone to come in. That we, it won't be like oh no, we're having to place some there or no, we have to move this player there to do this. We need someone to go right. Okay, he's having a rest or he's injured or suspended. In you go, my man. Your turn. Or, or play alongside him. So I'd rather we go out and blow 70 million on one player rather than go blow 70 million on six or three or four like we normally do. Um, the way you, you, you just got to look at Dusan Vlahovic, I've been admired. Like, obviously, he said, I'm not signing a new contract. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And he has shown that I'm going to give you everything I've got until I go. I'm not going to throw my toys out of the pram. Like, I'm not mentioning like other players do in Europe and around the world, ah, oh, just sit here and do nothing. And then I'll, that he showed his desire. But when it comes to who we should get in, I'm totally with you, Chris. I believe we need a striker and a Ericsson or a creative midfielder. Because if you look at it, yes, we may need a right wing back. Yes, we may need another centre back. But the boys have shown we've got enough cover for that to last till the summer. We can use this. We can use this till the summer. I mean, you still got Romero to come back into this bloody defence. Yeah, that's the shocking thing. You still got him to come into this. Um, so I reckon where it comes to, and then even if you look at the midfield, like I said, Harry Winks had a fantastic game. And I said before, I'm not one of his biggest fans, but I thought Harry Winks would be the one player that probably got the get out of jail free card and got another chance to save his career with, with Conte. And he's showing that. Deli Ali, everyone knows my feelings, but you can't knock, he had a great game. So if they, if Deli Ali is the worry one because he's done this for a one game, two game, and then slips back. But I reckon the way we have seen this drastic change from the United game to here, I mean, you can even tell it from the Mura game to the next game. I mean, this little gap where we haven't played, the work he has been able to put in and get them to understand is quite frankly phenomenal. So I reckon the squad in depth in defence and midfield has got enough to see us through to the summer, but we need competition for Kane and we need that creative midfielder. When it comes to the outgoings, I completely agree with Ian. Lacelso and Dembele, Doherty, I won't lose any sleep if they go. They've had the chance. They've had the, all right, Lacelso gets injured very, very often, or Giola Anderson, as I call him. Um, and he, he he just hasn't had that consistency. Where Dembele has, Doherty has, kind of, but he's just... Every other player, you've seen some kind of step forward 
and Doherty, like Ian rightly said, is just stagnated at the same level. So those three will still get some money in, and then we build from there. I, th I think with Ali, I think the Liverpool game suited him absolutely down to the ground because I can't believe, you know, Jurgen Klopp had a moan at VAR and all of that, which he, he was right to do so, but he didn't mention anything about his unbelievably ridiculous tactics, leaving Kane and Son with two central defenders yeah. and an Ali running from deep. And there was so much space there. And, and Kane and Son running the channels, it created even more space for an Ali to be able to run into deep, which is what put him on the world map in the first place. So my, my issue with Ali is how often, if he plays, are you going to have defences and midfield to allow you that space? And I, I'm not sure. I, I think he's one of these players who needs a system to be able to play. Ericsson and Dembele worked a treat for him because they created the space for him yeah. to be able to operate in. I'm not sure he'll be afforded that, and he doesn't seem to have uh, been able to adapt to different ways of playing. Winks, I think, Winks, I think, wears his heart on his sleeve and would try in any team. I think it was just a complete confidence sh shot to pieces. Uh, you saw in the Carabao Cup final, he gets the ball, no one around him for 10 metres, turns around, gives it back to Dyer. Whereas Liverpool, it's always forward, always forward. I'm going to try something, I'm going to take a risk, hope it pays off. And yeah, he got tackled uh, when Liverpool had a chance, but he carried on doing that. So I think that's a Conte thing. Doherty, I feel a little bit sorry for. He, we bought him as a wing-back and then we constantly played him as a full-back uh, and then don't play him. But uh, talking of the full-backs, uh, this guy has had a bit of criticism, uh, Ian, but he did himself no harm yesterday. Uh, set Lucas Moore on his way for the first goal. Yeah. The cross for the second goal was a superb cross because he didn't look out, look for anyone. He put it into an area and said to the strikers, it's up there, go win it. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we will get on to Palace in a bit and how lacklustre they were. It can't have helped with Vieira being um, at home with COVID. You want your manager there. But, I mean, this guy did himself no harm. He didn't really have any defensive... Uh, Responsibilities to do, which I know Tommy, that's uh, uh, Tommy's big question mark over Emerson, his defensive um, responsibilities. But he's also had issues, uh, not issues, but criticism out of his final delivery. But that ball to Lucas for the first goal, put it straight into his path, and then it was a goal as soon as Morva got there first. And like I say, the cross into an area, you go attack that. Uh, do you see him building on from this? Do you see it just one game? Uh, how, how, how do you see uh, Emerson? Yeah, Ian. <laughs> I, well, I thought I had Emerson as my man of the match yesterday. Uh, I mean, I know Skip and I know Mora um, were, were, were outstanding. I was so impressed with everything Emerson did yesterday. Probably his best game in a Spurs shirt. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, you talk about building. He's another one. He's only 22. You know, mm. he, he's still very much at the learning stage and coming uh, into the English league and its demands, its physicality, its pace. Um, when I was a kid, we used to, I remember, I think when we signed Martin Chivers in about 1968, and I remember, you know, that little inlet off uh, Tottenham High Road up to the old West Stand. And the yep. great and always used to stand there and everyone used to meet and have a, have a chat. I was a little boy. And I said, oh, you know, something that was that. And I said, yeah, but we've signed Chivers. And it was, yeah, but he'll take a year to settle in, son, you know. And if you go back to the old Bill Shankly and the boot room and the boat players, and it was two years in the reserves. Um, <clears throat> now we just want instant gratification with a the player. They come in, they, they have a bad game, they're written off. It's like, come on. 
you know, players will take time to settle, different country, different language, different team. He's had how many different managers has he had? He's only had two. Yeah, he's, lucky. he's only had two. You know, different managers and, and you know, one was uh, one was a Portuguese, native Portuguese speaker. So there are all those little things you've got to take into account. But I thought he was absolutely fabulous yesterday, up and down that field. He's got an engine and a half. I yep. think he's absolutely what Conte wants and what Conte needs. Um, yeah, he'll learn. But I think Conte, you know, Conte has got them playing. He's got everybody playing better. He'll improve his defensive stuff. Um, he clearly got pace. He can get forward. The cross was superb. Um, he He's a, a tick on the team sheet for me and a player we can really work and I expect to go on. Yeah, I mean... Brian, uh, do you see him kicking on from here? Because you, you look at Reguilón, as soon as Reguilón gets the ball, his first thought is across. He, he's obviously set up Bale, Kane with good crosses yeah. in, so he's obviously got the confidence that I can whip a ball in. Whereas you look at Emerson, he always checks back, so it's maybe a confidence issue. Whereas I, I really hope now he's put that, that ball in the box and, and Morva's done the work for him to get an assist. So I hope that's confidence. Oh, I can put the ball into the box now. I can whip it in, put it into an area, and the strikers will attack it. Um, do, do you see him kicking on from here? Or do you think it was just an easy game and it was just <laughs> it was just easier to put the cross in than than, than no. not? And, 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 and the ball to Mora for the first goal as well. No, so the, the ball to Mora, what you've got to remember is I, I, I've been one that's had a go at him for his crossing. Not for anything else. I think his delivery definitely needs one point. It has needed work. And like you said, the cross yesterday, he didn't even look. He put it in an area. So maybe that's what he needs to Maybe he's, he's looking and then to getting it in is taking him away from just yeah. whipping but, it into the area. But that, where that's what Alexander-Arnold and what Beckham used to do. They never used to look for something. They put it in an area. But because their delivery is nine times out of ten always there, the strikers know when the ball's coming in, make your run to that area because nine times out of ten it's going there. That, that's well, the art of crossing, I think, rather than looking for someone. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I watched something with Dwight York and Andy Cole. I can't remember what it was. This was a, a year or two ago. But they even said, when they were asking, how do you always get where Beckham's going to put it? He goes, listen, David Beckham has a thing where if he doesn't take the man on and he whips it in, it's going near post. But if he goes past the player, he tells us always go far post. So he was like, right, as soon as we see what David Beckham's about to do, we know 100% of the time the ball is going in that area. It's just where in that area it's going to go. So they already knew, right, he's just pushed it past someone, I need to get to the back post. And then also, if he did it straight away, right, I need to get to the near post. So they had that understanding. Now, a lot, like you said, a lot of great crosses just whip it into an area. How many times do you hear the commentators go, oh, what an area that cross was crossed mm. into? And it's the striker's response or whoever's responsibility to get there. Like Ian said, there is no doubt this guy is an athlete. He is a unit. Um, and again, like you said, you've got to look at the people like Burkham, Henri, um, we, we, we have players that have taken a year to settle in. When you're coming into a different language, a different culture, and you got to remember, Emerson was a... Uh, well, I didn't play a lot for them. He came from Barcelona, where the, the rule was give it to Messi and watch him let him do everything else. Mm. So that's what he... Uh, and then you've got Remy's with the Brazilians, with Neymar and all, all that. So it's very, very hard for a young Brazilian or, or a person that's been playing with Messi to say, right, this is now your responsibility. Because your responsibility was get the ball to the guys that can play. Whereas now he's got Conte. He, <clears throat> like Ian said, he's got every single attribute Conte would ask for in a fullback or a wingback, whichever way you want to use him. <clears throat> and it's now Conte to do what he does to enhance him and make him the player he's going to be. But if you, if you want to look at a, 
Well, I, I didn't realize he was so young. He was 22. Um, I knew he was young, but I just didn't realize. You've got a great foundation to build on there. A great foundation. And the great thing is he seems to be loving his life in Tottenham. He seems to be loving his life. Now, right now, when you've got Antonio Conte, if he says there's a brick wall and through that brick wall there's a better nows, but I want you to run through both, you'll go, oh, oh okay, fine. And you'll do it. Um, so this is what's happening with this club. And M you maximum effort brings out maximum reward. And that's what Conte's got them doing. So, uh, and the good thing is, obviously, what he does with this right wing back, obviously, he has got Doherty, he has got Tanganga if he wants to put him there, whatever. There's options there, but we've got to be careful not to uh, uh, burn him out, especially with our fixture pile up and everything. That's one thing we have to have to look into because the games are coming thick and fast, especially with our re uh, our um, games in hand coming. We've got to remember as well. Next month we play uh, we play Chelsea three times and Arsenal, so there are yeah. big big <coughs> games that he needs to keep them fit for. So uh, it's going to be difficult. But yeah, with Romero, sorry, I keep doing that, Emerson. Um, there's there's a basic the the base of the foundations are a great player there. This this yeah. these are season defining games. Just adding to what we've said uh, um, up to now, Chris. <clears throat> one of the, the one of the most revealing statistics I think so far is that uh, Tottenham are now running 115 k's a game compared mm. to 100 k's we were running under Nuno. Yeah. Now well, from 20th to first, haven't we? Now three months is at, at any level at any sport i think big at this kind of level is phenomenal and when you think people like uh royale up and down that wing well if you're running up and down that wing and you, you your coaches haven't got you as fit as you are maybe by the time you want to deliver across you've not quite got as much yeah. of a tank. whereas now you get up there and there is plenty in the tank and you've got energy to put the to put the the, the, the thing in. You'll make less mistakes because you're you know, if you're physically tired, you're mentally tired. And I think that's been one of the biggest and that happened quickly. I mean, this improvement in fitness seems to have happened quickly. Yeah, we'll get to Conte a little bit later on, but we should talk about Palace, Brian. Yep. Uh, and in particular their man. Uh I've I have i I'm not sure the first yellow card was a yellow card. Yeah, Ian Wright said on Match of the Day he just clipped him, which I, I, I've seen so many replays I still can't see it. But the fact remains, how many times have you seen someone get two yellows and the first yellow isn't one and they do something silly when they're on a yellow card? You cannot do that if you're on a yellow card. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and Ian Wright made the point, he's 29 now, Zaha. He's not 19, 17. He should know better. Yeah. And... That guy, if he put as much energy into playing football, beating players, trying to score goals, than he does at moaning and yeah. whinging, he'd be at a top six club by now and he would have been for a little while. Um, and Palace, they had their, their, their shot at the start, you know, I think within a minute where IU's uh, miscued it a little bit. But they, they, I only saw it on match of the day, so I didn't see the whole game. But it looked to me on there that it, it was kind of a lacklustre performance from them. And it, might, it can't help with Vieira uh, having to stay at home. You want your manager on the sidelines with you. Um, but yeah, um, and being that we've got a game in two days, me and Brian was talk, talking about this off air. I mean, we essentially had that second half off. So we've got a game in two days, but we've essentially had 45 minutes where... We didn't have to put yep. a huge amount of energy in. You go two 0 up. Zaha gets sent off. That's game over, really. It's just uh, how many do you want? Uh, and yeah, fairly easy. A very easy second half. Uh, 
But yeah, what, what did you put that down to for Palace and, and Zaha's just stupidity? What I liked about the sending off as well was uh, Sanchez. He could have rolled over 15 times like a lot of players do, yeah. holding his face. He didn't. He went down, looked at the referee going, what, what the hell? Uh, and he's, you know, yeah, I like Sanchez, but we can talk I about him it. another day. But yeah, in terms of Palace and Zaha, what, what did you make of them? And, and what did you make of the reasons for certainly Palace being fairly lacklustre? Okay, so, so so obviously I was at the game. Now, first of all, before that happened, we were 2 new up. So we can't have Palace fans going, oh, it changed because Zaha went off. And you can't have it, oh, because of this COVID scare, because you pretty much fielded a full team. Now, there's times where you've got to look at this and say, did we win because Palace played bad, or did we win because we were good? We didn't get our second gear. We did not get our second gear. We went, And the thing is, the Zaha, the first one, was stupid. It was it is very, very soft. I like you. I can't see where the actual infringement is. It's Davidson Sanchez's kind of reaction to the, mm. the clip or whatever. Now don't get don't don't forget it's in the players' minds of what Zaha did to Jaffet mm. back at Palace. Mm. So it's kind of retribution. Um now the second one was just ridiculous. I mean yeah, you look I'll... at the Andy, you look <laughs> at the Andy Robertson red card against uh, against Liverpool. That was right on that touch line again. It was a stupid challenge. Wallop there you go. You can't put your when you're on a yellow card, you've gone two 0 down. Emotions are are high for Palace. You start thinking, "Oh God, I, I need my talisman to stand up and man up and, and 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 guide us through." And you can't go and do that and just rip someone down <clears throat> right in front of the linesman, right in front. It was an absolute. And then the worst thing is, he stands there and moans about it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, I, can, I, can, I, I can understand you doing how much of a mode you did for the first one, but for the second one, yeah, come on. I mean, ridiculous. He, he reminds me of Kevin Keegan's commentary in, uh, in World Cup 94, USA versus Brazil, and uh, Leonardo, I think, is being held and then just goes bang right in someone's face, and Keegan's going, yeah, but he's being held, he's being fouled. <laughs> like, you won't knock the guy's head off. It gets like that now, and the modern-day footballers should know it. The modern-day footballers should know it. Um, but again, this, this, it, it should. I mean, Crystal Palace were a lot. It's the first <laughs> time I've seen Palace live since uh, Roy Hodgson, obviously. And what Vieira has done, all right, it wasn't there. Is he's completely lowered the age of football, uh, or of the age of the, the squad. He's got some technically very good players there. And he, he's got them playing a best foot. They were very hard to break down to begin with. It looked very, very predictable, we did, until we started finding Lucas Moura in the pocket. But but Zaha will have egg on his face today. When he looks back at it, I mean, the first one, as you said, is very, very suspicious and dubious and whatever. But the second one, he can have no goddamn complaints for what he did. It was a rush of blood to the head. It was stupid. And, and yeah, I, I don't think that affected the game at all because we were... We were cruising at 2-0 uh, before that went in. Uh, sorry, before he went off. So I don't think it had the impact everyone's making it, but it certainly did impact it. But I don't think it would have made a blind bit of difference to the outcome. Yeah, I, th I think the second half would have been a bit more of a struggle in terms of we would have had to have really gone, for, not gone for it, but uh, <clears throat> had to have played well. Whereas in reality, what happened is it was kind of a training ground exercise really that yeah. second half but in, but in, in in terms of palace yeah. they've obviously got um uh what's that guy connor uh connor gallagher yeah him yeah he's a superb player and he's been oh. absolutely superb this season but obviously he didn't do anything last season and then 
I mean, Zaha was lucky that, that that second yellow card, it was only a few inches away from pushing Sanchez in the face, which would have been a straight red. But uh, it, uh, why don't you think he's ever learned that <laughs> the reason you keep getting fouled, Wilfried, is because you react and get yourself sent off and cause a reaction to get yourself in trouble, which then makes it easier for the other team to play against your team. Why don't you think he's ever learned that? And it's just before bizarre. I get on, before I get on to that, Chris, I tell you one thing. I think you know maybe when the Christmas season ends and what have you, someone needs to ask questions as to why Palace asked for that game to be postponed. I mean, yeah. particularly the inconvenience to to, to people. Um, there'll be people maybe visiting fra- family, friends coming over, having to make long journeys without public transport, who are who are having to to set off early for games. Um, you know, Christmas treats for kids and what have you. Um, they had one player that didn't play when they humped us 3-0 at their place in September. So if this was just, oh, well, Vieira, Vieira's not going to be there. We want him in our dressing room and on the dugout. Therefore, we're asking for a postponement. That was ridiculous. Um, and particularly, I mean, I uh, tweeted on the, you know, uh, and retweeted the the guy, I can't remember his name, Mark, uh, from uh, Football, uh, Football London who's the Palace correspondent, who said the game is off. So I'm assuming he got that <laughs> officially from Crystal Palace rather than just uh, tweeting tw- uh, tweeting random. So I- I'd like that to be looked at by the by the, by the Premier League. Funnily enough, I'm um, messaging after the game yesterday. I've got a good friend up here. Um, um, big Celtic supporters got family in London. And he said, I'm going to watch the game with my grandson, who's a Palace supporter. Um <laughs> And um, I asked him, you know, he was impressed with Tottenham and what have you. We talked about Zaha. And I said, you know, you look at Zaha and you think he, he can play at a much higher level. Then you look at him closely and you actually realise Palace actually is his level. He's probably not as good as he thinks he is, which is maybe why he gets frustrated at times. But, I mean, Brian's right. He's one of those people that's so easy to get to wind up. Mm. Um, yep. For him to, you know, he seemed to be, he seemed to be sort of up for up for a fight almost from the first whistle. Yeah, he was maybe a little bit harsh with the Sanchez one, although I still work, can't quite work out how come Sanchez went down because he wouldn't have realised Sanchez was there unless there was some sort of contact. But and which was from behind. But John Moss isn't our best referee by a long shot. <laughs> but the sending off was just plain lunacy. And I mean, yeah. and then as, as Brian says for him to be complaining about it when you're there holding the smoking gun. What do you mean? That, you know, it's it's absolutely. I don't see what 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 option the referee had. And Jermaine Jennings was saying, "Oh well, he gave the the referee an option." No, he didn't. The, the referee had to enforce the laws of the game. That's what his yeah. job is. And when you well, well, mo- moaning out, about it, he's. Moaning about it, he's the player's version of Jurgen Klopp, isn't he? I mean, if those two had a moan off, we'd be here until 2024. <laughs> moaning about yeah. absolutely everything. But yeah, it's just, I just don't understand how he hasn't learned in 10 years or, or plus. Yeah. People are winding you up because, and fouling you because they know they get this reaction. They know you, you do stupid things and get sent off. It's just absolutely. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe, maybe he carried some bad blood over from the game in September. I mean, I just mm-hmm. don't know. Um, uh, it, it's unfathomable how a how an exper- you can understand a kid getting wound up, mm. but how an experienced pro like that who's seen it all, um, 
Yeah, and in, in terms of Palace, how, how, why do you think they were so lacklustre, or do you think it's, or do you think Conte got us fired up because they battered you three 0 away from home? But they did. Well, they did start well. I mean, the, the thing was that the Chris, that they they did start really well, Palace, and they were knocking it about, and it was a pretty even game until you know until we scored the the, the first goal, and again that classic Tottenham counter attack. And then it wasn't long before we got another one. Mm. Um, and then you go, hang on a minute, we're playing well here. We're, you know, we're we're suddenly 2-0 down. And then the talisman gets sent off. The funny thing is, if, if he hadn't got sent off, I think they might have been a different game. They might have been pushing forward a bit more and we might have been able to pick them off on the counter. Whereas I think when it was 2-0, it was very and, and, and down to 10, it was very much damage limitation for them. Um but I, 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 you, well, well, they're not going to have played half a dozen players with COVID. There's no way in the world they were playing players. Mm. At least I hope they weren't that have got symptoms of that had symptoms of COVID. So uh, um, I, I, I actually haven't got an explanation. I just think yeah. uh, you know, maybe as I say, we're a good side and we're a physical side now. You know, not dirty physical but you know you have to be up for the challenge against us and maybe they didn't fancy it too much yeah certainly an easy certainly that second half and and yeah just Zaha I just don't understand him at all and just stop moaning Wilfried just play football you'll end up having far far better results but uh Brian, who will come to a player now who certainly two months ago wasn't your favourite player. Uh, I'm very keen to know if it's changed or not. I I suspect it hasn't a huge amount. And that's this guy, Harry Kane. Two games running. He scored a goal now in the Premier League. Didn't take his goal very well yesterday. I'd be fairly upset if I was Jack Butland because he got a good hand to that. I think it's just the quickness of the first touch that took it away. But uh, he's, he's doing what Conte said he should be doing in punditry for Euro 2020, staying in the box. And he's obviously getting his rewards. Very unlucky with the uh, quick uh, volley finish from Sun's corner in the second half. Uh, and then he went off after 64 minutes, which, you know, down to yep. 10 men, 2 0 up. You can rest him, and it doesn't really matter that much because the game isn't going to go away from you. Uh, is he turning back into the Harry Kane of old for you, or is it still a lot of work to be done? 1 billion percent. 1 billion percent. Harry Kane, is, uh, again, I, I, when I was over here last time, I got to see the Chelsea game. And the Chelsea game was my first game back. And it was obviously the, the day that the late, great Jimmy Greaves passed away. The greatest striker we've ever seen, or, or not I've seen, the club has seen. Um, and the guy whose record he is trying to, to, to beat. And I was disgusted with his performance. Discovered, obviously, we knew there was a lot more going on with the club. But you'd think on the day of his passing, he's going to try and rub a stamp, like get get the uh, just put in a performance. And he hadn't booked. Since Conte's come, you started to see the change. Now, I'm not just talking about his uh, in-game like being more uh, visible on the pitch. You can see it in his runs, in his, uh, in his body language, in his pressuring, in his that sliding tackle against Liverpool. Yes, he got, should have got sent, sent off for it, but that was the commitment, dedication, passion, desire that we all love and know from Harry Kane. I think he was great against West Ham. He was great against Liverpool. Yesterday, he was superb. He was superb. His passes were being sprayed around. You could see him closing down. You could see he was running with a purpose when he celebrated his goal, the smile on his face. He's running. And from what I've been hearing, 
is he spoke with Conte. Conte said, "Right, I'm here now. Forget everything that's gone on. This team, <laughs> you are the, you are the centerpiece of it. I'm gonna and and now he's delighted. Now he's over the moon. And, and I listen. I love Harry Kane. I've always loved him. I hated what he had become up until Conte, just because I, we all know. Wait, wait, wait. Ian would have seen a few more players than than myself. Ladies. There's certain players that you know are just so absolutely world class and brilliant. But when something that happened in the summer, which was badly done by him, his brother, the club, no one's no one's innocent here. It was badly handled this whole saga. And Man City really, really tried to put as much petrol on the fire as possible. But when you have someone so good who's been a role model for so long for club and country, what you saw and it was a shadow of himself, and you're like, what are you doing? We, we would give anything to be in your position. But Harry Kane, when you look at the, the grand scheme of this thing, Harry Kane is one of us. And I don't mean, oh, he's a, he's a Tottenham Hotspur fan. Take, take the footballer away, he bleeds Tottenham Hotspur. And he has given every single objective he has had in his career from Tottenham Hotspur, I want you to win Golden Boot or score 20 goals or score. He has met them every single time only to have false promises or or things not happen. And all he has said is, I want the club to match my ambition. That's all he wants. If he sees we're going in the right direction, Harry Kane does not want to leave. He does not want to go anywhere because he loves this club. Well, now you cannot deny that we've matched his <laughs> ambition with the manager. I mean, I, I think we've exceeded his ambitions with the manager and we've known what he could do. And slowly but surely... You are seeing that the, the Harry Kane passes that were going wayward are being sprayed and getting there. His connection with Son has started to come back. It's all coming back, and I am delighted for Harry Kane. I, I, I'm very, like I said, I will criticise people very, very harshly. But because I can do that, means I also have to have the, the balls to stand up and say, do you know what? I criticised you. Like, like what you said with Dyer and Sanchez and Davies. These people have got to be able to turn around and go, well, do you know what? He's been playing well. And I've, I've, got, I've got to practice what I preach. And what I've seen of Harry Kane the last few games, has, I've been very, very impressed. A long, long, long way to continue. I'm going to still be with you guys. I'm just going to turn my camera off and go for a cigarette. No problem. And All right, I'm still with you. Uh, Ian, in, in terms of what Brian said, do you agree with that? And, and, and would you put Harry Kane's uh, bad form at the start of the season two? Is it just uh, the, the Man City situation, the transfer saga? Because I, I, I personally think the way that Nuno was playing, he may as well have not had Harry Kane or Son in the team because he, he didn't use them at all. And if, if you've got strikers, if, if, if Jurgen Klopp suddenly played really defensive football, most Salah wouldn't be getting any of the headlines. My phone went and I've lost my sound. So let me oh, just right. work on that because if you're talking to me, I can't hear you. Oh, so okay. just give me uh, a minute to try and get that back. Okay, so while Ian's doing that, uh, it'd be interesting to know what he thinks uh, um, when he comes back. Yeah. Uh, are you back? Well, that's me talking. So if you want to carry on talking to me, oh, Chris. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, what do you think, Brian? Do you, do you think it's uh, the fact Nuno played with hardly any attacking intent at all. I mean, if, you, if you've if you got Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp suddenly decides to play super defensive football, Mo Salah don't get anywhere near the headlines he's getting at the moment because he just doesn't get the ball and he doesn't get opportunities. Yep. So Kane obviously had the disappointment of the transfer and, and you know, the lack of ambition with Nuno, which was our uh, 700th choice of manager. Yep. And then we're playing such negative football. 
Whereas now we've got an elite manager. I think everyone can a, a, a agree that Conte is super elite, one of the best in the world. And we're playing attacking football where Kane is required to just stay in the box. So, so, so this, I mean, it's not just the transfer side with Nuno. You got to remember, Nuno came in, and as you said, the seventh hundred choice of manager. And I actually think that's quite a, a low number for the actual choice he was. It was like it was more like double now. <laughs> A lot of players came in and he didn't have the respect. He didn't have the respect that he was never going to get it. He played football that didn't suit us. He was playing in a way that the players couldn't adapt to. Um, so now that you get Conte, and Conte, whether you like him or not, whether he's holding you or not, that man oozes respect. That man doesn't, doesn't crave it. He demands it. And he's got the CV to back it up and go, you are here, I'll take you to there or... You've won nothing. Look what I've won, both as a player and a manager. People keep forgetting. People like Mourinho and Ferguson, who had their Ferguson in his career, they didn't make it that great as players. Ferguson was until he got injured. But then as managers, like Wenger, Wenger won much as a player, but as a manager, they get it. Where Conte has done it as both. And he said the words in his interview, as a player and a manager, I dominated. And when you hear that stuff, you're going to listen. What's Nuno going to say? Yeah, I... Uh, I uh, I, 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 I had loads of money by a Chinese guy and bought the championship <laughs> and they couldn't do anything. So Conte just is a night and day. Um, but I'll let Ian go. But Ian, you can hear us now. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, my <laughs> my phone rang and it comes through my iPad and uh, as well. And uh, when I rejected <laughs> the call, I couldn't hear anything. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm back on with you. If you're still talking, you've done brill. Yeah, so, so in, in terms of Kane, what do you put his bad form down to? Do you see it as the uh, transfer saga? Do you see it as Nuno being the 700th choice as manager or Nuno not playing attacking football? And now Conte is an elite manager and playing attacking football. Kane stay in the box. Uh, what do you put that down to? Do you think he'll go on now, Kane, uh, a touch wood injury free and get his uh, traditional I don't know, 20, 25 goals a season? Yeah, I think it's been a, a combination of all things. There is no doubt he was badly unsettled by what happened in the summer. Um, I don't think Manchester City handled it particularly well no. either. Um, well, they, so they tried to stitch us up, didn't they? Like you know, But it shows to me they're not the big club that they think they are. When, when Ferguson wanted a player, that player wanted to go to Man United, whereas, and then they got him, whereas now didn't happen. I mean, trying to stitch Levy up. I mean, do me a favour. I mean, God. yeah. I mean, do you know, I remember putting on putting on Twitter that when you know, uh, with City were were apparently coming in for him, and uh, and I, I put on Twitter something like, "You can say what you want about Levy, but there's no one else you want to see strolling to the crease right now um, when, uh, when 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 there's going to be a hard negotiation." Because you know full well that um, if we're having a sell cane, there's no one better in football than to extract maximum value for him than 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 than, than Daniel Levy. But uh, you know, I I don't know what they actually offered. I think his his brother, as his agent, handled the thing incredibly badly. I think the interview with Gary Neville was ill advised. Um, I don't think a professional would have would have. Uh, said to you have that interview um, unless you'd already got an agreement that you can go and therefore you were using that as a tool to soften up the supporters to, to your transfer. 
rather than irritating the hell out of Daniel Levy. And I don't know Daniel, but I think he's the kind of person that if you if you wind him up the wrong way, anything you were trying to get at from him is absolutely, you know, absolutely gone. Um um, I think, remember, there was a hangover from the Euros and the, the whole team had a hangover when we lost the Champions League final. And I think he would have been one that would have been affected because I think he does wear his heart on his sleeve. He's captain of the England team that, that lost in the final of the, the Euros. You know, it's another year without a trophy with, you know, with big chances to have won trophies. So I can, I can understand all of that affecting him at the beginning of the season. Plus, I mean, let's be honest with you know, if you've got a, ma a, a manager like Nuno, are you thinking he's the one that's going to take, he's going to develop mm. my, my game, he's going to develop me, he's going to develop the rest of the team so that we're going to win trophies? And then with your drop in, your drop in form coincides with the drop in fitness and the awful results. You can absolutely understand why 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 Kane wasn't at it, but um, yeah, I see him. I see him coming on now. Um, he looks like he's enjoying his football again. Um, I, I do hope we get some, whether you call it backup or competition, someone that he can be rotated with. I mean, funny funny thing is, I talk about Valovic, and I, I think they two could play together so well yeah. because they both got such great movement in and in out and around the box. Um, and also coming deep with it would allow Kane to come deep, knowing there was a target there. Um, that would mean probably Son or, or Lucas would have to get sacrificed. So someone would have to, or Conte would have to work that into a system. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 optimistic. I do not see uh, Kane leaving uh, now. Um, certainly not this winter. <clears throat> Um, I worry a bit, and it's good to say this after City put seven past Leeds and six past Leicester, that I still think they need a centre forward. I still think um, <laughs> it, it's a strange thing to say. You know, yeah, they're not very good up front with after those 13 goals, but they, it's the one tactical, again, tactical thing that, that um, um, Pep doesn't really have is if he needs a good old-fashioned target man, he doesn't really ha have that player. Um, and I think he'd like that player. Um, but I suspect Valovic, they could afford Valovic. Um, or um, Haaland um, might be their man. Yeah. Uh, I, I suspect they've now moved on from Harry Kane. And uh, touch wood, I hope they have. Well, I think based on what happened in the summer, if they come in for Harry Kane again, I would imagine Levy's stuck another 50 million on top of it just because you pissed me off so much in the summer. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and whether Kane actually wants to go now. Uh... Yeah, there's just, just a few things I want to mention on that. I mean, well, first of all, with the, the whole transfer saga, yes, I agree, I agree with Ian. There is no one that, that, and believe me when I say this, it pays me. There's no chairman you'd want when you're trying to sell your star asset to say, right, here we go, come and deal with me. There is. I've always said, when it comes to the business side, he's untouchable. He's untouchable. But I don't support Tottenham for the business side. I support Tottenham for the footballing side. Now, when it comes to, say, Man City, the thing is, Daniel Levy didn't have to do much. If I came to both your houses or anyone's house and offered you half the market value, you're <laughs> going to say, well, no. It's that, it's that simple. You're going to go, if I came to your house and it was worth 100 grand or 200 grand, I said, here you go, that's 75,000. You're going to go, well, no. Uh, it's that simple. Uh, Man City kept trying to force it, kept trying to get Kane to do things. Don't get me wrong, 
if Man City had come with the price, do I think Levy would have sold? Yes, but I think Levy would have drove such a hard bargain with so many add-ons and so many... He would have dragged it out. There's no doubt in that. But to say he did well with the Kane saga, I, I, I think that's... I don't think that's right. Because like I said, if I came to your house and offered half the market value, you're going to be like, well, what the hell? Go away. Um, what I strongly, strongly agree with him is the thought of Vlahovic and Kane together. And the thing is, if they're playing together... Kane can drop back and do his Teddy Sheringham role that he can do superbly. Yeah. Um, he can do it. And the great thing is, again, when he was saying about Lucas Moore or something, they need to be sacrificed. I see it as a, do you know what? They need to be rested. We're forgetting that these players, especially Southern Kane, and I say this uh, phrase a lot, are overplayed and undervalued. And when I say undervalued, I don't mean wage structure. I mean, they're just expected to churn out great performances. And if you're fit, you play. And we expect nine out of 10 performances, gold, they're human beings. They cannot do it. And then you talk about the COVID seasons and the season stopping, starting, going on later, stopping, starting, then a Euro, stopping, starting, then a World Cup in next winter. These guys have not had a rest for like three years. Yes, when they have a rest, it's three, four weeks. They go on their private jets and stay in the best hotel rooms, in the best hotels and resorts or villas in the world. That's what they're entitled to do with their money. We all have a summer holiday or try to, and we, we, we go on a holiday that we can afford. These players, that's not an option. They can afford whatever the hell they want. But they have not had a rest. So can you you got to remember, back in the day, we used to have four strikers. Four. And then you played them. And then if you had, let's say, let's just say we have Vlahovic now. And we were 2-1 down to Chelsea in the second leg. Like, that was the aggregate score. And we needed to throw everything forward. And then you saw Vlahovic, Kane, Son, Mora. You're like, all right, we're going to cause havoc. No matter who it is there. So we need, like I said, competition and, and, and these people to be able to... You've got to remember, just because you've got Harry Kane, who is the greatest striker in the world, he needs a rest. He needs to recuperate. He needs to recover. You know, if it, he went down at one point yesterday, as soon as Kane goes down and holds his ankle, you're like, oh, sugar. Oh, no, here we go. And he could get straight back up, but it's that thought of him holding his ankle where you're like, oh, no, 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 no. And we need to eliminate that. And not think, okay, if he goes, we're screwed. Yeah. We should be able to go. You know, you know like in Google Maps, when you can just drop that person in and you see the street view? That's what we need to do. We need to go, okay, Kane's out. There you go, Vlahovic. In you go. Um, but that's what we need. And and hopefully, I I, mean, I don't. I would be delighted if we only signed him. If we only signed Vlahovic and we get him in January, not he comes at the end of the season, I would be, do you know what? You've got to spend 70 million or whatever the fee may be but you have spent it, not, and it is potential still because he's young, but he's showing what he can do. That yeah. is a huge, huge statement. It's first go right. We said we're going to spend, and when we think spend, we think, okay, we're going to get quantity and not quality because that's what we, whether we like it or not, whether you leave it or leave it out, that's what we do. We, we buy quantity, not quality. We may get the odd quality, but we, I keep liking it. And it's hard for me to say for people in America or Canada or people that are not in England, I call it, we do the uh, the countdown uh, thing, where, you remember the numbers, where we take one from the top and five from the bottom? That's basically <laughs> what we do. We buy one quality, and then we surround it with the small little ones, hoping they turn into something. Well, we, we don't need to, I'd rather we just go and buy one big, big one, and say, right, that's your statement signing, and we build again in the summer. So uh, that's what I'm hoping. 
Yeah. Well, interestingly, yeah. when you when you say that, I mean, a couple of things. You talk about having four strikers. When um, Man United won the Champions League, they started yep. that game with uh, um, uh, Dwight York Co- and Andrew Cole, Andy Cole, and then they brought on um, Solskjaer and Sheringham, and who won the game. I mean, yep. that's when you're when you want to be a really really top side. That's the kind of quality you need. And what what's interesting is that two things. One, you listen to the way Conti speaks. I don't think for a minute that Conti hasn't made clear in in no uncertain terms to um, to Daniel Levy that I'm 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 not here to to get into the UEFA Cup or the Europa League. Um, I come I I, I want to win championships and I need the resource to do that. The other thing is when he's talked about the the drop in quality and the change of quality that he needs to compete, he's not talking about being better than Arsenal or Manchester United or Leicester or West Ham. He's, his eyes are only on Liverpool, Manchester City and Chelsea. That's his only ambition is to get us up there challenging at that level. And... As I say, a lot of it, we don't want to just buy rubbish. I don't want to spend a hundred million for the sake of spending a hundred million. I want the, you know, we. I think we're all on on one on on the same page on this, particularly given the recent form. We yeah. want the players that will take us to that level. If we can't get there this season, because it's going to be a heck of a job to close down Liverpool and Manchester City at this stage of the season. But let's chase yeah. Chelsea for third. And then be looking next season to push on with a, another because we were we were a champions a, a league championship winning team you know 2016 to 19 we were up there yeah so we can get back there again but it, uh, uh, Valovic it's funny we're, I think we're on a page here if that was the only signing I wouldn't be unhappy I'd, I'd like one or two others in the, the key areas but if that that's where I where I want the money directed as does Brian. Well, well, this is the thing. Like I said, if, if that happens, I think I'd be happy because we blatantly need that position filled. The other positions that, like you said, the right wing back, a centre back, a, a, all right, maybe a creative midfielder as well. But the others, I think the squad have shown there's enough in them to get us over to the summer. Then Conte can sit down and go, right, these are the guys. Because we all know whether we like it or not. January is the harder window than the summer. Yeah. It's a lot, lot harder because some clubs are going for Champions League or titles. Some are trying to stand off relegation. It, it, and obviously, it's a, a horrible market for the buyer as well as the seller because if you if you sell a star, you've got to try and bring in a star. And then obviously, that star that you sold, the other clubs know you've got that money. So, the, so it's a very, very hard market and a yeah. very, very limited time to deal with, which, it, do you know what? It's an excuse that we use all the time. Oh, we tried, we tried. But now we haven't got... Now, because of the mismanagement and the bad recruitment, we're trying, we have to do this because of the mistakes we've made in the past. We have to do this, especially with the manager we have. But if we, like I said, let's just say, let's just say oh, somehow the gods are looking down on us and we get Vlahovic. I reckon there's enough in the defence and we're talking the Dyer, the Davis, the Sanchez, with the Romero. You're looking at Regulon with uh, competition with Sessignon. You've got Romero with maybe a Doherty, but Jaffet can go there if need be, if need be. And then with the performance of Winks and Delhi, and also Brian Hill came on yesterday. And I have to say another, and I'm a fan of it, Stephen Bergwijn came on yesterday mm. and did his confidence levels and rocketed uh, up. When you think how dashed it was against Liverpool last season, he has gone 
So I reckon there's enough there. So we don't need to really concentrate on those like the centre-back and the right-back because we have cover, whereas competition for Caden and Ericsson, we simply do not have. We do not have. So those positions for me are essential to fill. Yeah, they'll be the ones that I'd want to uh, get as well. Certainly the creative midfielder, uh, just because it gives us a second string to our bow and the same uh, competition for Kane. But uh, Ian, based on your comments uh, like a minute ago, it's a bit of a silly question, really, because we don't really know what will happen in January. But how far can we go this season? For, for me, I'll be living if we don't win that Carabao Cup. But I think every one of those four teams will be thinking exactly the same, that they can beat any of the other three. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I think we're one of the form team, if not the form team in that. So, and, and the next round, uh, Chelsea, I think it's in about a week, isn't it, the first leg? Uh, but in terms of the league, we are banging this top four race now. And like you say, uh, you know, probably not that far off Chelsea with three games in hand or however many games at hand it is. I think would be, if we won all of those games, if we played them first, would be, I think, eight points off the lead. But Man City are on another planet at the moment. So I don't think league is a, a, a possibility this season. But in terms of this season, how far do you think we can go? And do you think with a good transfer window in January and then summer, Conte will be looking at winning the league next season? Yeah, I mean, there are two separate questions, Chris. But yeah, yeah, I think we can get to third this season. I think Chelsea were all right yesterday, but um, and Lukaku has clearly made, makes a huge difference to them mm. with what he gives you up, up front. By God, <laughs> if he were available now, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a real a real bulldozer up front would be fantastic for us. But uh, um, I think the the the, the, the Carabao Cup is really really important. For us, I think mm. it's a monkey off everybody's back. It's the, you know, the the Levy out brigade like 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 Brian. Well, no trophies. Well, all of a sudden there is a trophy. Um, yeah, it's only the the Carabao Cup, but it's uh, you know from the from the smallest uh, yeah acorns are large the large oaks come, and uh, I think <clears throat> I think that would be a great way to start for us. Maybe Chelsea won't play. The, a full side. They're still in. They're still in Europe, and I'll, I'll come on to that. They haven't got Mendy. Remember, Ian. Mendy's at African Cup of Nations. Oh, well, that helped. That that helped. So, so a Salamane and uh, Cato, I think, for Liverpool as well. Um, it, obviously, be Liverpool. How those clubs? How those? How those clubs do? Um, I, personally, if I were Conti, I would be really concentrating on it. I've said on other streams. Much as uh, I don't like the circumstances of it, I think it's a great thing that we're out of the the conference, particularly with the games we've still got to play. And we nearly lost another one yesterday. Um, to get to win, people say oh, we should be trying to win that competition. Well, to, to win that competition, we'd have to be playing another an extra twelve games. That's including the game we're in and the two playoffs, and then two last thirty-two, two last th sixteen, two last eight, two semi-finals. And a final. It's a piece of madness. Plus the, the three games in hand. But let's take each one of these games that we've got in hand. Arsenal are off tomorrow, so that gives us a chance to to pull up closer to them. Yep. Um, um, yeah, I'd like us to get get uh, to win the win the Carabao Cup if we can. Um, the the Arsenal game on the sixteenth is starting to look absolutely massive. Mm. I mean, truly massive. Uh, That's what you want for one of those games, isn't it? Especially oh, if we're at home. Conte will not really need to fire them up, I suspect. 
that much. Oh, we'd be fired up to that big crowd. The one thing, I, there's no doubt that when they've got possession of the football, Arsenal are a very, very good side. But I, I worry about their bottle. I worry about their heart when they get when they're really under pressure physically and uh, and mentally. And I, I, I could see us winning that game well because I don't. Mm. I, but the they'd have to be right up for it if they're going to challenge us in that. I think we can beat Chelsea over two legs. Um, I think we might want it more than them. They're frying bigger fish. That suits us. Um, and as for next season, the results of ifs and buts, but with what Conte's done with his squad, with what I hope will be resourced, I still think there's more sponsorship and income to come in from American football and probably from the States in other areas as well. Um, yeah, the, the future. We've got, we've got all the gigs, the music gigs next summer. Yeah. Hopefully, the naming rights. The, 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 the name, sir, the naming rights have to get sorted because we're talking about this now and it's getting on a bit silly. And oh, it's closer. No, 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 no. Oh, it's we're 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 there. No, no, no. It's been four years. I mean, if you look at all these these stadiums when Bolton moved to the Reebok, that was signed, sealed, delivered before the the King Power with Leicester done before when it was the Walkset, the Emirates. All, all these have been done before. Now, obviously, we've had COVID, we've had this, but this is a, a, a supreme revenue source that could really just be like, there you go, Conte. I don't even have to invest my own money. Here you go. This is money coming in. We invest everything that's coming into the club. Um, I, I said this is when it comes to expectations, I didn't. I knew Conte would have an effect. I just didn't know it would be this grand with the players that we thought were were on the way out. So, so I said, you know what? Maybe we'll have a top four push, but it'll be like a last-minute surge for that fourth place. And I thought, okay, let's do that. Then I said, the next season, I want Champions League qualification wrapped up, easily done. And then the next season, like a genuine, genuine, genuine title challenge. Um, That's if Conte extends, which, please God, please God, he will. Um, But the way it's going now, the way this is opening up, right now... I don't think there is a team in the league that wants to play us. And I'm talking Man City as well. I'm talking everyone. Because, I th- as they said as well, that Spurs-Arsenal game, my God, the atmosphere in there. And Conte uh, will be going, apt- he will have everything and everyone in that stadium. The hot dog sellers, everyone will be going up for it and going absolutely start, start raving back. So, I mean... Again, you have to look at it right now and say, again, it's always a big question mark where we finish this season because we don't know what's coming in January. Not just for us, we don't know what other teams are going to do. You look at I think you can safely say Liverpool and Man City are finishing in the top two, regardless. It doesn't matter what order. Those top two positions are done. Chelsea are now being dragged into it because their their form is a bit off. But the thing with Chelsea is they will throw money at the problem. We know that. They will throw money at the problem. Um, and then there's a genuine race between us, United, the filth, maybe a West Ham, if Leicester buck their ideas up, for fourth. So when we go to spend in January, we've got to look at that as well and say, right, do you know what? The way this the cards have fallen, right now we have a genuine chance of getting top four and we have a genuine manager that will easily get it for us if we, get, if we do it. So I was saying it may be top four for a push, but now I reckon... Th- uh, third and fourth are available. Um, so, listen, if we get Champions League, I'll be absolutely over the moon, as we all will be. But if we don't, and we finish fifth or sixth, but get a cup, I will be over the moon with that as well. I, I, I really, really, this season, the most important thing for me 
Um, and I think a lot of Spurs fans will agree, is just to get that trophy. Just get that monkey off your back. So these players are like, do you know what? We can go the distance. We've shown that we don't choke in finals or semi-finals. We can get that bit of silverware. We can show our armpits with pride. Um, and once they've done that, like Jose used to at Chelsea and United, uh, everywhere goes, he goes for that first trophy. Because once you've got it, it's like, right, okay, we've done it. I like this. I want more of it. So I think well, it's people will say as well it's only a league cup, but people forget that's how Man City started all of this. Um, yeah. It's how Chelsea started. That's what started how, the whole ball rolling for them. It, it, it's how Chelsea started. Like I keep saying, I keep see. I want Arsenal. Do you know what? I I I can't think of a game that I'd much rather win, but dread losing than Arsenal in the final. It's like oh my god! As much as we'd all love to see it. If we win it, you know, for, for the next few years, bragging rights, it does not matter what happens. In a final, we showed up. But if the shoot goes on the other foot, it's a game you're like, oh, no, 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 no. But then if you look at it, and if you're superstitious, what a trifecta to knock West Ham out, then Chelsea out, and then beat Arsenal in the final. I mean, it, could there be a sweeter cup run <laughs> ever to win a cup? Slightly getting ahead of yourself there, Brian. Don't tempt fate. Uh, you know, it's still a big, big semi-final first, but I yeah. get what you're saying. But yeah, um, but if we did win it, you criticise of the past, oh, you got an easy run. But West Ham, a very good West Ham team, Chelsea, and then West Ham, uh, Arsenal or Liverpool. So we did, I think, yeah, definitely deserve to win it. But yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And then... The, if it is a two-leg semi-final, I like the fact it's Stamford Bridge first because if you can get a good yeah. result there, you put yourself in a good position to win and you're in front of your own fans. Oh, mate, the, the atmosphere. Yes, the atmosphere yes, we, the second leg. Oh, yeah, my yes, God. If we, win a, if we win at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea have then got to go to an absolute rocking stadium and get something themselves. So yeah. I'd always prefer to be the away team. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a bit further in the future. Um I haven't really got time tomorrow because I'm out to do a Southampton prediction, so we'll do a small one now, Ian. Uh, yeah. we, we're not completely rested, but we've had half a game essentially to be rested and Kane didn't play yeah. for the last half hour because of how easy it was against Palace with the Zaha situation and, and, and the game being done. Uh, but Southampton aren't any mugs themselves. I know West Ham are struggling at the moment, but going to West Ham isn't yeah. an easy thing. And they ended up, they were winning, I think, I believe, and then got clawed back and then got the win again. So there's the definitely fight there as well. They're at home. Uh, how, how do you see the Southampton game going? And in terms of us, what do you think the lineup possibly will be? Oh, I, I would, you know, I hoped you wouldn't ask that because I actually don't don't know what we'll do lineup wise. Um, I mean, if Cess was fit, I think he'd play Cess, but I think he will bring in Davis um, back. I think Dyer is on the team sheet every time. I suspect yeah. he'll stick with Sanchez. I think he'll just and then give them. I mean, when we've got what? What's the next game after? Watford New Year's Day. It's not easy. I think whether he might give Wink, uh, give uh, Winks a game, he might bring uh, give Delhi a game. He might start with Bergwijn, um, maybe in place of Son, and try and give Son a rest. Um, I, I, the, it, it's it, it, it's difficult, but that uh, only uh, I'm, only he knows what he's thinking, and I suspect he's thinking two, three games ahead in terms of what what players yeah. he'll play. But if you're looking at how I think he might start, it would be something like Larice. Mm. Um, uh, I think Royale maybe he'll give Doherty a game. 
um, um, but the, the 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 back three there of you know Dyer, Davis, and Sanchez, um, and and Reggie then in midfield, um, Skip and Winks. I'd like to see that combination together, um, and then perhaps Bergwijn, Delhi, and Kane. That rests a few. Um, yeah. But at the moment, you, you see where the, you know, have we got enough strength in one or two areas to rest some players he might like? Um, Dyer yeah. Sanchez without Romero um, is, is a, a problem could do with could do with having having both of them um, um, uh, fit at, at this stage. But uh, that's still, whatever we do, we'll put out a strong side. But uh, say they were they were three. Southampton took the lead three times at West Ham. Um, I'll be honest. I thought they would go down this season. I'm mm. just thinking they're not strong enough. But the manager's got them playing again, um, and they're comfortably in mid-table. Won't be easy. Never. It's never easy no. there. Oh, they're no. The, the, regardless of how they're playing, they're no mugs at all. But in terms of the the lineup, Brian. Firstly, uh, what do you think will happen in the Southampton game? Your predictions for that, and secondly, with the lineup, what we've got now, which we didn't have under Nuno, is every player is fighting for a place. Yeah. And now yeah. anyone who comes in isn't just well, you know, so stops me sitting on the sofa for an hour or two. It's 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 a chance to get in a team and get in um, Conte's reckoning, which we didn't have under Nuno. And now you've got everyone who comes in looking to make a statement, which can only be a good thing, and that obviously creates competition for places. Based on how Winks played against um, Liverpool, that's competition now for Hoiberg and Wit and Skip yeah. because. We don't turn up. We've got a hungry guy here who's proved he can do it against one of the best teams, if not the best team in England. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think of, of the lineup might be, and, and what, what do you see happening in the game? So, so I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be my first away game for for years. The last last away game I went to was probably 2004 season. So I moved to Israel, then came back, and whatever. So, so I haven't been to the new St Marys. My last time to St Marys was a. Uh, when Ronnie Rosenthal scored a certain hat trick, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so that that was my. Uh, I think that was my last time at the Dell. I think I can't remember. Um, but I'm looking forward to this game because away days are just something special. Away days are really something special. So it's going to be great to be there. Now, Davies, I think will be back for sure. For sure. Uh, listen, he, he's played a lot of games, and if you remember last season, he played like nine games on the bounce. And then he had that shocker against Brighton when we lost to Brighton and he got ridiculed. He needs a rest, like we said. I would, Joe, I was looking at it and I was thinking that Delhi and Winks may start this game because obviously what they did against Liverpool, you can't, and it's like you can't drop them from having a perfect, like a very, very good game. But then I thought, wait a minute, if they haven't started now, they're obviously in his mind and he's told them you're either going to play Watford or you're going to play Southampton. Because like, like Ian said, he's got to be, I said when he first came, He's probably looked at the Leicester and Liverpool games and think, right, those are the two games where I need this team. And he had his 11. But obviously, with the, the cancellations and everything, he's had a bit more uh, flexibility. So I would not be surprised to see, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Winks and Delhi start. But I kind of want to see Hoiberg start rather than skip. And the only reason I say that is because he's going back to his old team. Mm. And Hoiberg always puts in a shift. I mean, Skip was, don't get me wrong, Skip was levels yesterday. Him and Moore were levels above everyone, but Hoiberg was good as well. Um, but this is the thing. I mean, what? how refreshing is it that we're going into this game and going, we have no idea what our team's going to be. And whatever team he does put out, we're going to be like, huh, okay, okay. 
Like when we all saw that midfield against Liverpool, I guarantee 95% were like, what the hell is he doing? Oh my <laughs> God. There's no skip. There's no Hoybier injury and Hoib skip was on the bench. And under Bele, Dyer and Wings. And it was sensational. So I don't think there's a lineup right now he could put out where we'd be like, huh? What? Uh, okay. Um, so it's just so refreshing to actually go and say, I have no idea what the team lineup is going to be. Um, but I do predict the Spurs win. I do predict the Spurs win. The only the only problem I have is uh, with the Southampton game is just do not give any set pieces away anywhere near mm. or within Jake Ward-Prowse striking distance. <laughs> no. Because he is, honestly, he is unbelievable. Unbe I mean, you look at Beckham and his free kick, but where Jake Ward-Prowse puts these free kicks and where how he can get it up and under so close to... He is a major, major threat. He is a major, major threat. The, the worst of it is we're so bad at free kicks. So when you see the James Madisons or the James Ward yeah. of this world taking great free kicks and breaking nets with them, it's. Uh, but one of the just back, back, going back to the transfer window, I think what might be interesting if he plays the Winks, the Bergwines, and the Delits, the players that some people think should go. Um, this would be a real opportunity to have a look and see how they play. Yeah. Do this consistently, and are they players? Look, it's no good, you know, getting all excited after one game against Liverpool. They're not going to be able to do this consistently. But uh, um, just out of interest, you talk about someone. What you just looked at Twitter there. Lacelso's got his out with an injury. Picked up. He picked up in the warm down in the game against West Ham. Mm -hmm. That he didn't, yeah. yeah, Brian. He didn't even play in that game, and he's got injured oh. in the warm down. This, <laughs> I mean, I mean, do, what do I say? What else do I it, say? It's got, it's got, it's got past the point. When, when you, when, when you can actually say that the guy didn't play, he sat on the bench, right? He may have run up at the touchline a couple of times, mm. and then he runs on the pitch. And that, oh, come on, this is, this is a little bit silly. Now we paid a lot of money for him. But don't get me wrong. Like I said, he hasn't had a consistent run of games, but we see why he hasn't had a consistent run of games. And it, you, you've just got to cut your cloth accordingly, even if you get him out of the door on loan and sacrifice some of his wages just to get him out. Because as much as there may be a talent and he does wonders with Argentina, it's just not going to happen here, I don't think. I just don't no. think it's going to happen. The ship has sailed. No. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. And yeah, it's a shame because he plays quite well for Argentina, doesn't he? But uh, very well. Not at work here. But yeah, uh, we've pretty much reached the end. Uh, there's not really much else we can talk about unless we go into a full-blown Southampton preview. But um, yeah, Brian, thanks so much for coming on. Always welcome always on here. You've been on so many times. Uh, yeah, always welcome on. Um, Brian's uh, channel is in the description as, long as, uh, as well as his Twitter handle. But for anyone who can't be bothered to read that, uh, where can they find your channel they can find me at pretty much every single channel known to man and then we'll verify it it is called the addiction it's like when i phoned him now he's like you want to come on yeah i'm on i'm on i'm on we were on my partner came on and i said i'm i put the microphone i said i'm broadcasting you've got a real problem with this yeah it's a wonderful addiction to have it's a wonderful there could be so many worse but um at the but, yeah. moment, it is. It wasn't uh, four months ago. Yeah, this, this, this is true. This is true. <laughs> but yeah, you can find you can find me at Tottenham on tour with Brian Island, Adam Clark, and now Danny Kiriakou. Du, 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 Danny Kiriakou. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, we, 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 we hit our 1,000 subscribers yesterday. We have big, big plans for 2022. We plan to get you both on very, very soon uh, uh, and regularly. Uh, Chris, you've already been on in. We have yeah. to get you on. We'll sort it. Um, but yeah, you can find me at Tottenham on Tour. And just once again, thank you to everyone who has uh, subscribed to the channel. It means the world to us. I'll, I'll just say a big up to well Bobby. As well. Yeah, yep. big up yep. to Bobby. It, it was me. It was actually Bobby. Bobby and I discussing uh, uh, Levy on on uh, Twitter, and he said, "Look, I've got this show. Um, we really could do with someone with your opinion who can actually articulate it to come on. Would you come on the show?" And uh, love doing it. it was on about three o'clock in the morning when we finished up in, <laughs> in the back, in, off the back room. I was absolutely pumping adrenaline, and I thought, "Yeah, I love doing this. It's good fun. It's good fun." So yeah, always, always. Thanks, Chris, for having me on my first Honestly, time. Honestly, no problem. Thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, yeah, you have to come back on again. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, if you're both free on the 20, uh, 29th, is it? But, yeah, 29th. Uh, hopefully I can do a show there uh, uh, for the Southampton uh, review. But, yeah, mm -hmm. Ian, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, you but, don't have a stream yourself, but uh, like Brian's uh, uh, alludes to there, you uh, will go on any one of them. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, your Twitter handle, it's obviously on the screen there, yeah, Shaggy1712. Yeah, Shaggy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that coming? Yeah. Is that there we go. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Got a few a few things in my head on that, but, uh, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, but for, uh, for now, uh, uh, Ian's uh, uh, Twitter handle there, at Shaggy1712, that's also in the description, so give him a follow on Twitter, and then you'll be able to see where which uh, stream he's going on on any particular day. Might be a, a full-time job, uh, keeping up to, <laughs> up to where Ian's uh, appearing, but uh, yeah, that's where you can find all that out. Uh, yeah, and thanks, everybody, for watching. Again, hit the like, hit the subscribe, then go to Tottenham on Tour, do the same thing. And, uh, yeah, be back on the 29th. Hopefully, I'm not sure what time yet, uh, Southampton Review. And then the 30th at half 12, very excited. Another book. Uh, Mike Donovan has written a book, Football's Braveheart, Dave Mackay. Uh, for many, the, the greatest uh, player that Spurs have ever had. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that'll be a, a really good chat again after the previous book about uh, Tottenham from the lane. Uh, so catch that uh, at L Talk Tottenham on Twitter for that. Uh, yeah, be back on the 29th, uh, hopefully with another win and the Conte machine keeps keeps rolling on. Uh, but until then, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for watching, for everybody who participated in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Anybody who couldn't watch the live video, you can still catch us on YouTube. Add any comments, suggestions or questions to the comments section on the video. Anybody who's listened to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anybody who wants the audio-only podcast, you get this wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you'll find all the information there. We'll be back soon. We're live Mondays, 8pm, Fridays, half 12, UK time. Until then, come on, you Spurs!